Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Bite Size Nutrition Podcast. I'm Jillian, and today we are going to talk about a topic that has come up so frequently, and I was actually surprised. I was like, how did I not ever address this specific topic? And so I, I have to say I'm a little bit nervous for today's episode because I feel like there is so much to talk about here. So if you listen to this and you're like, hey, Jillian, I have extra questions, please send them to me because I love hearing from you. It just makes me so happy. And so before we hop in, I want to let you know if you've been listening to these episodes or you enjoy any of these episodes and you haven't shared any of them yet with people in your life, that is just the most amazing way to support the podcast and support the work that I do, whether or not you ever decide that you want to work with me. If you do decide that you ever want to work with me, uh, there are a couple ways that you can do that. You can get your name on the waiting list for upcoming group coaching spots. So those will be opening in about a month. And my group coaching course is really dedicated to helping you become more flexible in your mindset around food and helping you develop habits that support a great relationship with food and yourself. I also have one-on-one coaching spots available, and that is a little bit more of a flexible process. My group coaching program has a, a set curriculum, which sort of takes you down an amazing path to creating this relationship with food. One-on-one coaching is... at one-on-one. It's a little bit more individualized and it has a bit more flexibility to, to really adjust to your needs. So whichever one works for you, if you're not sure, go ahead and check in the show notes where you'll be able to either set up a call or you can find my website to learn a little bit more. And you can always shoot me a message if you're like, hey, Jillian, help me out. I'm here for you. So let's hop in to the topic for today. I want you to think about If this has ever happened to you, and if you're a coach listening to this, I know there's some amazing coaches out there that listen to this podcast. This is something that you may have heard from your clients. And I want to set the scene. You've started something new. You're super excited about it. You're like, this is the thing that's going to work. And you commit to it. You go all in. And you put in a ton of effort. And then you step on the scale. And your weight either hasn't changed or it's gone up or it hasn't changed as much as you thought it would. And what do you do? So there's kind of three things that happen. And while the concepts that we're going to touch on in this podcast can really apply to any goal, I'm going to talk about this specifically in the realm of weight loss, because this is what I've heard many, many people express to me is this idea of, well, I will tell you what the idea is, but I want, I want you to tell me when this happens, you put in this ton of effort, you step on the scale, your weight hasn't changed. Maybe your weight has even gone up. What do you do? Do you either A, keep going because you trust the process and you know that sometimes it just takes a while for results to catch up? Do you B, try harder, tell yourself that you need to be stricter, tell yourself that you need to be more disciplined. Maybe you even eat less or you add in an extra workout because clearly you feel like you weren't trying hard enough. Or do you C, give up? And it kind of feels like, why should I even bother if I put in so much effort and I don't see the result I'm looking for? And you may, in different situations, some of us are are sort of persistent in different situations, right? Like maybe when it comes to fat loss, you're like, oh no, I totally give up. But when it comes to perhaps finding a new job, you're very persistent. And so I think that you you can conceptualize what we're going to talk about, whether or not you have any fat loss goals, which you know, I am here to support you if you do have those goals. And I'm also here to support you if that is not your goal. And 
the reason why I feel like this is so important is, is it came up in a conversation with on a discovery call with a potential new client. And as we were sort of talking about coaching, she was like, oh yeah, like that sounds really good. I really like that. But I need you to tell me, like, am I going to lose weight quickly? Because if I don't, if I don't see those fast results, I'm going to give up. I'm not going to be motivated and I'm just not going to do it. I'm not going to do what, what we talked about. And I was honest with her and I'll be honest with you. I can't promise anyone results. I, I cannot. And the reason why is because if I did tell you, yes, you will achieve X result, I would be lying to you. And that's because I don't know what your daily behaviors are going to look like. I don't know what life is going to throw at you. I don't know how your body is going to react. And so that's a bit of a red flag there if someone is promising you results. But I want to dig into a little bit more of kind of the mindset behind this and three awesome skills that we can use to work around it or work with ourselves or overcome this obstacle, so to speak. And so really briefly, I want to touch on sort of the two main types of motivation. And if you want more on motivation, I think it's episode 32. I dig into extrinsic and intrinsic motivation. I talk a little bit about self-determination theory. So if you want more on motivation, go check out that episode because I think it's a really awesome one, if I may say so myself. But just really briefly, extrinsic motivation comes from results. Intrinsic motivation comes from alignment with values, alignment with identity, enjoyment of the process or the activity itself. So it's extrinsic comes some, from outside of you, intrinsic comes from inside of you. And so basically what this means is that if you only go to the gym or you only eat vegetables or you're only on XYZ diet because of the extrinsic motivator of, if I do this, I will lose weight, there's two things that are probably gonna happen. One is either you achieve or get close to your goal, but the external motivator of I gotta lose this weight disappears. And so then you sort of revert back to old habits because the extrinsic motivator is, is no longer there. You don't feel that necess necessarily that pressure to keep going. Or two, you don't see results fast enough for whatever your expectation is of your result. And so it feels like whatever effort you're putting in is pointless. And so your motivation disappears. And intrinsic motivation looks a little bit different. And that might be, I'm going to the gym because I see the value in exercise. I know how it benefits me. And I really like the feeling that I feel afterwards, or I can feel what my body feels like when I eat more vegetables, or I enjoy the process of finding new recipes or new ways to prepare these foods. And in that case, you're a lot more likely to continue. And so in episode 32, I talk a little bit about how we can transition extrinsic motivation into intrinsic motivation, because it's not like I have one or the other. Extrinsic motivation is actually really, really helpful to kind of like kickstart a process. But if you continue to rely on that extrinsic motivation, that's when you're sort of, you, you get to this point where you say, well, you know, I, I, I'm not hitting the expectation that I had. I'm not seeing the results that I wanted. So like, screw this. And that's frustrating. Like, that's really frustrating. I, I totally get that. And so I want to be clear that for the purposes of this specific podcast episode, I'm going to be using a lot of examples around weight loss. And, but I want you to know, especially if talk around weight loss does for some reason feel uncomfortable for you, I want you to think about these concepts as something that can apply to any goal that you're looking to achieve. And so I'll give you an example to kind of get your, wrap your head around it. Let's say you want a new job and you go nuts applying to jobs. You apply to like a bunch of jobs every day, but maybe a week or two goes by and no one responds to your job applications. And so maybe you lose motivation to find that new job saying, you know, oh, it's clearly not for me or no one's going to write me back. There's no point in even trying when 
we, what one, you may have gone way too far in, in applying to a ton of jobs. Like the issue here is not the applying for jobs and that, that that's not working for you. And in the same vein that the issue with fat loss is not following a diet. Like those are not the issue here. It's not that you're not good at applying to jobs or that you're not good at eating healthy, for example. It's that you often throw yourself all in and put an extreme amount of effort towards achieving a goal in a short period of time with very specific and limited metrics for what success is in the pursuit of that goal. And then when you don't hit that specific metric or that specific expectation in the timeframe that you expected, then your mind immediately goes to, this is a disaster. I'm not cut out for this. This is not for me. And I'm, and I'm not going to put in any effort at all. And that makes so much sense because when you put in a ton of effort towards something, we expect that the results are going to match the level of effort. And it, unfortunately, it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way in, the, in a sense, you know, from an example of weight loss, you know, a 10% calorie deficit is not necessarily going to be half as good as a 20% calorie deficit. And the reason being is that we have to keep in mind human behavior and the way that our brains work. And here's, the, here's a great analogy that I think can help you. And I want to frame it a little bit differently because you may have heard before when you're achieving, you're, when you're working towards achieving a goal, you know, it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. And we all kind of like nod and smile like, yeah, totally, I get that. But then we approach our goals like sprints. And the thing is, is that it's, it's not your desire to achieve a goal. It's incredible that you have this motivation. You want to harness it. But the methods and expectation and approach need a little bit of work. And I think that, well, there's a couple of things that I want to talk about that I feel like may be the problem. If I don't mention the thing that you maybe believe is the problem, write to me. Let me know. I want to know, I want to know what you think. And so here's kind of three main problems that I think are holding us back from really embracing this, you know, it's not a sprint, it's a marathon type mindset. And this one specifically applies to nutrition. And this is something that ugh, grinds my gears, you guys, grinds my gears, it gets me so mad, is that nutrition has been presented to us as the ultimate way to control our bodies, not as a method of self-care. And this means that if the way that you're eating, you're only doing it because you want to achieve a certain physical result, you lose the joy and the value in what is an overall healthful eating pattern. And I'm telling you this, even as someone who managed to control their bodies and keep it at a very low body fat percentage for a very long time. And for me, when the only value in managing my nutrition was body control, it ends up being very soul sucking and the effort drains you. And it's almost like you count the hours until like, when can, you know, when can I not have to freak out about my nutrition so much? And it, it ends up being this thing that just feels like a slog. And another issue is that the methods to achieve fast results in many different goals, not just when we're talking about body composition, but the message, methods that we believe that we need to do to achieve fast results are extremely restrictive and not sustainable for us in the long term, which also makes them not very enjoyable. And that either comes up through a lack of education. You know, I think there's a lot of us that believe, and I have this conversation all the time, people are like, oh yeah, I eat healthy. And then they talk to me about what their nutrition looks like. And there's a lack of true understanding for what 
nutrition is. And it's sort of just like a list of foods that, you know, Instagram has said these are healthy or quote unquote low calorie foods. And that's not one, that is not nutrition education. And another way that, you know, nutrition ends up not being very enjoyable is, you know, we, we have this learned experience of, oh, well, this is what works for me. And usually this is what works for me is based on, you know, I did a short-term diet. I saw, I saw, saw some quote unquote incredible results, but those results were not sustainable. But we hold on to this idea of like, well, that is what worked, but it actually didn't work because it didn't last. And when you're putting in that extreme amount of mental or physical effort, and you're not seeing the result that you believe that you deserve, that is, that is a reason to give up. That's frustrating as hell. I totally get that. And then the third problem is that we have really unrealistic expectations of what quote unquote should be happening. For example, you feel like you're putting in a hundred percent effort on some days and other days it's just like, whatever, I can't deal with this. And this actually came up in this conversation with, the, with this, this, this woman the other day where she was like, you know what, Monday through Thursday, I am quote unquote perfect in my nutrition. But then Thursday night through Sunday, I have a social life and I like to go out and eat out. And so like, I just can't be bothered. And when we actually look at this in the data, it's like, you feel like you're putting in so much effort and this weighs on you. But the data actually says, you know, like 45% of the week, I'm actually not eating in a way that aligns with the goals that I have. And this is frustrating because especially when it comes to something like fat loss, it is really, really easy to throw yourself out of a caloric deficit with just like a few extra handfuls of nuts, a couple of drinks, or even a day or two of more calorically dense food. And so this is where we think what we need to do is to be quote unquote perfect some days, and then the other days it doesn't matter. But really what we want to do is we want to find this balance in which we're enjoying the way that we eat and also not putting in so much mental effort that we don't have space for anything else. And so what happens when these problems pop up is we end up with low self-belief, low self-confidence, and low self-efficacy because you start to think that you are the problem and that you just need better willpower. You, you might compare yourself to other people. You know, why can they do this? Why is it so easy for them? And I can't do it. Maybe you start getting into a little bit sort of like victim mindset, like this is so unfair. And every time you recommit to what you believe that you quote unquote need to do, there's also this little voice inside of you that tells you, oh, you're not going to achieve this. You've done this before. It's not going to work. And so it ends up affecting not just your nutrition, but it ends up affecting the way that you feel about yourself in general. And so you're also going to probably end up pretty frustrated, both with yourself and with the process. And this is like, if we think of this like self-belief or agency or self-efficacy as like a bucket, let's say the first time you try to change your nutrition, the first time you try to follow a diet, that bucket is full. You're like, oh, I believe in myself. I can totally do that. And then every time you try and it doesn't work or it doesn't last, the bucket starts to drain a little bit. And so you may have gotten to a point where the bucket is really low. And so what happens then is it leads to increased urgency. So while before you're like, okay, cool, I'm going to do this. It's going to last whatever. Now you're like, well, I did all of these things and, and I couldn't stick to them. I lost motivation. So now I'm even more desperate and I have even more urgency to get the result that I'm looking for. And so it ends up being the cycle that is just, yeah, it's a cycle. I think, you know, I think you know what the cycle's like. 
And I want to tell you right now, and this is just me being completely honest with you. If this is you, it might be time to get yourself a good coach. And the reason why I say good is because there's a lot of coaches out there that are going to promise you fast results. They're going to say, oh yes, you will achieve X, Y, Z in this amount of time. But a good coach is going to help you hold up the mirror to the behaviors that you are that you are doing, the behaviors that you have, and they're going to help you align the methods that you are using with your expectations, and they're going to educate you and help you build skills. And I'm not going to lie, I know this is an investment, and I know it's an investment that is not available to everyone. And so I'm going to tell you something that my friend Ren Jones that if you're not following Ren on Instagram, he is awesome. I think his Instagram is like at, I think it's at fitness Jones training. And he says this all the time. He says, get as close as you can to a coach. And so by listening to this podcast, you're doing that. You're getting cl as close as you can to me without working with me. I also, as you know, I have a ton of free resources. I'm going to attach. I have a little training that I'm going to add in the show notes that you can click on. You can sign up and receive that little mini training that I think is going to be really, really helpful for you to build some helpful skills. But I want to move into problem solving because I know that we love the problem solving process here. Well, I say that like, I don't know. This is my podcast. Of course, I know that. You hopefully know that we like the problem solving pro process. So let's get into it. So first, I want you to give your brain a big compliment because your brain is doing such a great job at keeping you safe, alive, and protected. Your brain doesn't want you to be putting out so much effort and not seeing the result in return. And your brain doesn't want you to feel like a failure. So your brain is helping you by saying, hey, we should just give up rather than keeping going and then continuing to be disappointed. So thanks, brain. We like you. But here are some skills that can be really helpful to build so that you can start shifting away from that person that feels like I'm, I have to go, oh, excuse me, I have to go all in, but I know I lose motivation. I need to see results. So we're going to start shifting that a little bit. And so I talk with my clients and my Confident Eater group coaching group about skills that we want to build and how we want to practice these skills. And I want you to think about it like this. If you were learning a language, you would not expect yourself to speak that language perfectly after three classes, right? And so managing your mind, improving your eating habits, setting realistic goals, changing the way that you think about food in your body, it is all skill building, practicing, and learning. So embrace this idea that it is a learning process. And that right there is already a really great start to this shift. But the first skill that we're going to talk about is shifting the way that you think from and the way that you develop your goals from outcome-based goals to process-based goals. And I'm going to use a dog training analogy here. So for all you dog owners, I see you, you're going to get this. For you non-dog owners, trust me, this is going to make sense to you. So some of you may know I have a dog. She's a rescue dog. Her name is Ona. I said that weird. I say it in Spanish. In Spanish, it's Ona. Her name is Ona. And, and when I got a dog, I knew that I really wanted a well-trained dog. My dream, my goal, my big goal was to have a dog that I could take anywhere with me. But when I got Ona, she was super reactive. She was a nut job on the leash. And anytime I sat down, she would just start barking like crazy. And she was a really loud bark. You may have heard this in the background on anything, like any media that I've done. Um, and so that meant that the goal of having a well-trained dog was actually like a big goal. It was pretty far off. And so I did the dog training equivalent of a crash diet. I trained with a dog trainer two to three times a week for about a month. And yeah, Ona definitely got better, but I didn't keep up with the training. It was so intense that I just lost motivation and I didn't keep up with it. 
And so what happened is a few months later, I realized that she was still super reactive and yeah, she had improved a little bit, but I was still really far away from my goal. And I also wasn't continuing to progress. And so I, I had tried one method, which was the intensive dog training, but what I've noticed has actually had even more of a benefit than an hour long training session, a couple of times a week has been a shift to a few minutes, almost every single day. And so the way that I approached that goal really shifted. So instead of focusing only on the outcome of, I want a well-trained dog, I started focusing on the process goal of, I'm going to do a couple of minutes of dog training every single day. And so if you kind of lost me along the way here, basically what I'm telling you is that knowing the big goal is helpful. That's something really helpful to have in mind. But the skill that we want to build is actually breaking that big goal up into steps that you can do on a regular basis. And you actually start to gauge your progress based on, am I doing those steps? And so the process goal means that the result is, oh, I'm sticking to the process. And then the focus shifts away from the goal of Ona being a well-behaved dog to am I doing a few minutes of dog training every single day? And two really cool things happen in this situation. You end up taking the pressure off of achieving the result right now And the results start to appear regardless because you're sticking to the process. And so what does this look like in nutrition? This may look like shifting away from a fat loss number goal to shifting towards focusing on the process of what are a couple of daily behaviors that I can be pretty confident are going to lead me in the direction of that goal. The second skill that I want to talk about is creating realistic expectations for yourself. And this is This is going to mean that you're going to have to do a lot of practice on kind of shutting out what the noise is around you and what your impatient mind tells you, you quote unquote, should be achieving in the realm of diet and fitness. And these are not just result expectations, but expectations of what you personally are capable of. For example, sticking to a super strict diet, making all of your meals at home when, and even, you know, all of that sounds, oh my gosh, I can totally do that. But It's easy to forget that you've also got a vibrant social life, or you have a job that sort of like ebbs and flows and its level of stress, or you've got a vacation coming up. And so when it comes to result expectations in the realm of nutrition, diet, health, whatever that is, I'm not going to go into numbers or details here. If you do have specific questions about like realistic expectations, you're welcome to message me and we can chat a little bit about what that looks like for the goals that you specifically have. But I will tell you this, no one, no coach, no program, no nutritionist, dietitian, trainer, whatever, can guarantee you specific results in a specific timeframe. They can share what, you know, what they've seen in their experience, what maybe other clients have been able to achieve or what, you know, evidence says is likely will happen. But if I told you or someone else told you, you're going to lose X amount of weight in X amount of time, or that you're going to completely repair all of your issues with food in X, in X months of working with me. That would be a lie. That would be just something that I told you to get your business. And that's not interesting to me, which means that skill one of creating process goals is even more important because no result is guaranteed. And so when we shift away from like, I'm guaranteed this result, I deserve this result. We actually relieve a lot of the pressure that we feel when we're trying to achieve a goal. And so something that you can ask yourself that I think is a really helpful question to discover a little bit more about your capacity 
is when you're setting an expectation for a habit or a skill or some type of result, I want you to get clear on, you know, on a scale of one to 10, how confident am I that this thing will happen or that I can do this thing? And that can be the thing that sort of breaks you and be like, oh, this is actually just sort of wishful thinking here. What's realistic for me is actually this other thing. Because if the answer is less than an eight out of 10 on the confidence scale, the next step is not to be like, well, I'm just going to do it anyways, because that's probably going to lead to disappointment, is to ask yourself, what do I need in order to build that confidence? Do I need to build another skill? Do I need education? Do I need different support? Do I just need to lower my expectation in the first place? Which unfortunately, a lot of the time we got to do that. Like we want to have these crazy high expectations. And sometimes that just isn't helpful. And so that brings me to the third skill. And this is, I have a little training on this that that you can download through the link in the show notes. I think I'm also going to put this in the link in my Instagram bio as well. And so this is one of my favorite skills and exercises to work on with clients And if you struggle with follow through, or if you tend to kind of give up when obstacles present itself, or if you're someone that's like, well, I don't have control over the situation, listen up, friend. I talk about addressing failure in one, I think it's in episode four of the Bite Size Nutrition podcast. So if if you kind of struggle with this, like with this failure and how to approach it, go back and listen to episode four. But this specifically is a skill called obstacle anticipation. And obstacle anticipation involves considering with a really sort of not critical in a bad sense, but critical like, you know, hey, let's look at the details here. It involves considering with a critical eye, what are the things that might pop up to make the path to whatever this goal is more difficult? And then you get to consider before the thing actually happens, what are the tools, skills, resources, or plans that might be helpful in in approaching this obstacle. And this is a really compassionate practice. It's not the same thing as freaking out or worrying about the future or being a pessimist. It's not the same thing at all because the the goal of obstacle anticipation is like, hey, how do I potentially solve for problems that I can pretty much predict are gonna happen? And so, as I said, you're gonna find a link to the show notes in the show notes that you can download an exercise that's gonna walk you through what that might look like. And this, I'll give you an example. This might be, for for example, you know that the weekends tend to be harder for you to get a bunch of vegetables in. So instead of getting to the weekend, be like, oh, I know that it's going to be harder for me to get vegetables in, whatever. Like if one of your goals is to eat more vegetables, you can anticipate how to manage that obstacle and planning that ahead of time can make it a lot easier to approach in the moment. And so little recap on these three skills. One is building the skill of creating process goals versus outcome goals. Number two is creating realistic expectations. And the third one is obstacle anticipation and compassionate planning. And so in all of this, everything that we talked about today, if you're someone that's kind of given up or you feel like, I just don't have the, I just can't, I've done this too many times. I just don't, I don't want to approach anything right now. Consider this, things that are worth doing, we know that they take time and effort, but they probably take more time than you want. And the effort that they take is probably more spread out than you think it needs to be. And here's, I'm going to leave you kind of with this one thought that I've been kind of thinking about a lot recently. And that is the way that we eat should make our lives better, not worse. 
And sometimes we have to zoom out and really look at the big picture here. Because if we think about this only short term, maybe what appears to make your life better in the moment is like, oh, well, I totally want to watch that next ex that extra Netflix episode. But when we zoom out, you might see that what actually makes your life better is getting yourself off the couch to make dinner. And again, I know I'm like pretty annoying about this, but having a really clear understanding of your values and how your goals fit in with those values in your life can give you a filter to make these decisions rather than just going on what feels good in the moment. And I think a lot of the time we assume that our lives will be better if we can just have more self-control, we can just get a handle on our weight or fit back into those old genes. And honestly, it might be, it might not be, but here's what we have to ask ourselves. Will doing the things that will get me into those old genes, will those things actually make my life better? And maybe you say yes. And maybe that's because being at a lower weight maybe means that your knees hurt a little bit less. Or maybe maybe it means that you end up in a body that has better blood glucose market markers. But maybe when you're honest with yourself, you say no. Because maybe when you fit into those old genes, you don't feel comfortable ordering dessert or enjoying meals with your friends when you go out to eat. Or maybe when you fit into those old genes, you feel like you have to be so hyper-focused on every single thing that you eat or maintain a super unrealistic gym schedule. So it's so dependent on your individual goals and values. And I'm going to leave you with a little high five from myself um, and a couple of really helpful questions here. I successfully launched my Confident Eater Group coaching program and the amazing group of women that are in the beta round have just finished setting their value-based goals. And we've just completed a group coaching session around identity and self-belief. So next week, they're going to learn a little bit more about what balanced nutrition looks like in the context of their lives and how to make nutrition decisions that align with these three really important questions. What brings me joy? What nourishes me? And what aligns with my goals? And so if at any point you're, you want to learn more about what it looks like to work with me, you can set up a call for free in the show notes, or you can head over to bitesize.es if you want to do a little, little browsing of what I offer and some client testimonials. I also have some of that over on Instagram. And don't forget to download the obstacle anticipation exercise that I mentioned that is also in the show notes. If you have not left me a rating on Apple or Spotify, come on, man. Come on, woman. Do it. And if you enjoyed this episode, give it a share. That's so nice of you. And I'm going to end this episode with a short client testimonial. And this one I really love because this is from a client who came to me after spending around a decade kind of doing a lot of the short-term stuff and then like losing motivation. And then, you know, and then we, we happened to get in contact with each other and she was a little skeptical at first. She was like, oh, I don't know about this, but here is what she said. She said, Jillian changed my life. I really wanted a different approach. And my big aha moment was the following. Being healthy is easy if you have the right tools and you prepare for it. There's no secret formula to weight loss or healthier eating habits other than being conscious of your body and planning to have all the right tools around you to make healthy choices. Again, I am not a fat loss focused nutrition coach. However, I do help clients with that if their goals align with it. So I wanted to leave you with that because this was, this was a really cool process with this client. And with that, my friend, I am sweating because I have the window closed and it is Barcelona in summertime. So I'm going to go drink some water and fan myself. And I hope that you have a lovely, lovely day, wherever you are, whatever you're doing.